Today's scripture is from Genesis chapter 21, verses 8 to 21. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named after you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. As she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him and a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot. For she said, do not let me look on the death of the child. As she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called a Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with a bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. be seated. Well, um, this is without a doubt one of the hardest scriptures I have ever had to wrestle with in order to prepare a sermon. I thought I lucked out because I didn't have to deal with the text you have to deal with next week, another difficult story. But I will say this, I am grateful that this story, the story you will hear next week, and a lot of difficult stories, I'm glad that they are in our Bible. If the Bible were filled with stories of ease and plenty, with stories of peace and unity, with stories of perfect families, well, if that were what the Bible was filled with, I, I don't think it would have the same power that it has for us today as believers. For it is not in the stories of ease and peace and perfection that we are able to find ourselves. And it is not in those stories that we are able to find our purpose. It is in stories of conflict and separation 
in stories of difficulty and struggle, in stories of dysfunction and brokenness. That's where we find ourselves and our purpose. Today's story is a heartbreaking one. And it's one that is almost a repeat of an earlier event in Hagar's life. This, you see, is the second time that she has been sent away from Abraham and Sarah for the simple reason that she has born Abraham's child. Now, this was not something that she asked to do, plotted to do, or desired to do. It was something that she, a slave in this couple's household, it was something she was forced to do. It was Sarah's idea, but one, it seems Sarah nearly immediately regretted. In Genesis 16, we see the tale of Hagar's first exile from their home. She was pregnant with Abraham's child, and admittedly, I admit, she was feeling like this made her a little special in the household, and she was getting on Sarah's nerves. Abraham, he completely declines to try to fix the situation between the two women, and so Sarah proceeds to mistreat Hagar so terribly that she runs away. Alone in the wilderness, an angel of the Lord speaks to her. The angel speaks words of blessing upon her that are very similar to words that had been spoken to Abraham, saying, You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. Go back to your mistress and submit to her. After this, Hagar becomes the first person in the Bible to give God a name, declaring him to be God sees me. She returns to Abraham and Sarah, and she has a son who is named Ishmael, which means God hears, a name specially picked out by God. God sees and hears, and God answers with a specific promise and a special blessing that speak life into a very personal situation. So now, fast forward 15 or so years, and Hagar finds herself again in the wilderness. This time she has not run away on her own accord, but has been sent away by the father of her young son. Sent away into the wilderness with nothing but some bread and some water, which is quickly depleted. If this story does not break your heart as you hear it, I don't think you're listening closely. If this story does not bring you nearly to tears, I don't think you're picturing what's going on here. Hagar and her precious, precious son, Ishmael, 
are in the wilderness with nothing. Absolutely nothing. They are foreigners in this land. Woman and child, the most vulnerable of the vulnerable. No home, no hope. She is sure they are going to die. She is so heartbroken by the thought of losing her son that she is unable to stay by his side. She cannot bear to see him take his last breath should his come before hers. But God sees and hears and God answers with a specific promise and a special blessing that speak life into this very situation. God tells Hagar that she need not be afraid, that God has heard her and her son, that she should go to the boy and know that God will make a great nation of him. God opens Hagar's eyes, cloudy with tears, I'm sure. God opens her eyes and allows her to see a well where she and Ishmael can get water. We don't get many details about how their lives go from there. Only that God was with Ishmael, that he grew up in the wilderness, and that his mother found him a wife from her people in Egypt. Later in Genesis, we find Ishmael right by his half-brother Isaac's side when their father Abraham is buried. And we hear the names of Ishmael's 12 sons. Does that sound familiar? 12 sons who are each the ruler of a tribe of people. God sees and hears and God answers with a specific promise and a special blessing that speak life into a very personal situation. Even the personal situation of those who are not specifically the chosen one. The story of Hagar is a complicated one, but one, again, I am glad is found in the pages of our Bible. It is a story that resonates if we take the time to listen to it. It is one that speaks volumes especially to those who are rejected and cast out in life, particularly women and others who have been marginalized in their communities. Bible scholar Dr. Phyllis Tribble describes Hagar, saying, she is the faithful maid exploited, the black woman used by the male and abused by the female of the ruling class the surrogate mother, the resident alien without legal recourse, the other woman, the runaway youth, the religious fleeing from affliction, the pregnant young woman alone, the expelled wife, the divorced mother with a child, 
the shopping bag lady carrying bread and water, the homeless woman, the indigent relying upon handouts from the power structures, the welfare mother, and the self-effacing female whose own identity shrinks in service to others. When any person who relates in any way to any of these shades of who Hagar was, when they read her story, they are reassured that God sees and hears them too. And, as we all know, as some of us are probably experiencing in our own lives, there are many, many, many more ways to be marginalized, second-rate, overlooked, forgotten in this world. This story is for anyone who feels invisible or muted. You are seen and heard by God, the God who sees and hears and answers with specific promises and special blessings that speak life into your personal situations. And church, what do we know about how God works in the world today? What do we know about how people experience God's presence? People know that God sees and hears when God's people see and hear. People know that God answers when God's people answer. And this is where Hagar's story shows us our purpose. The late Old Testament scholar Terence Fretheim put it all so beautifully in In this story, the people of God should recognize and rejoice that God's saving acts are not confined to their own community. God's acts of deliverance occur out and about in the seemingly God-forsaken corners of the world, even among those who may be explicitly excluded from the people of God. Here we see God at work among the outcasts, the refugees of the world, who fill our world as much as they did then. He finishes... Persons of faith are to participate in their lives, to lift them up and hold them fast until the wells become available. Persons of faith are to participate in the lives of the outcasts, the refugees of the world, to lift them up to hold them fast until the wells become available. There is no shortage of refugee or outcast today. They may or may not look like us or believe like us, but they are still our neighbor. They are still God's children. And they are our responsibility. 
May we be the people who see and hear the Hagars and Ishmaels of our world. May we meet them in the wilderness and hold them close. May we wait with them until the wells become available, digging them ourselves when we can. After all, we declare ourselves to be Abraham and Isaac's children. And God declared that we would be a blessing to all nations. So let it be so, now and forever, to the glory of God and the name of Jesus Christ, with the power found in the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that we can find ourselves in your word. We are thankful that there are difficult stories because we all know a few of those ourselves. And it is in today's difficult story that we find hope when we are lost in the wilderness and we find purpose when we find that we are in a secure place. Lord, be with us always. We are to model who you are. And since you are a God who sees and hears and answers, let us be so as well. All of these things we lift up to you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.